Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. You guys just bow your heads with me this morning. Jesus, we love and adore you. You're the reason why we're here, why we gather. You're our king, our savior, our friend, our brother. And we love you. And it's all about you. It's all about you. Forgive us for ever getting off of that. For making it about something else. For making it about rules or religion or tradition. We just thank you and we worship you. You're so beautiful, you're so marvelous. You're God with us. We thank you, God. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. For the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. That sacrifice that we so lightly talk about sometimes. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for restoring us to your family, making us family, becoming one of us, walking in our shoes, that the king, that the creator would do that (laughs) is such a marvelous wonderful thing. It's a gift. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. It's all about you. You're so lovely. You're so full of joy. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that we're here for you. We're not here to just hear a message and go home. We're here because you are good and because we love you. because we trust you with our hearts and our lives. You know, whatever is going around, around us right now, we don't know what's going on. Things are happening. 
We have so much information coming in, but Father, you are consistent. And Jesus, your love is unconditional and everlasting. And you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't have to wonder what's going on with you. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We honor you. Jesus, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we hold on to faith and we hold on to hope in these last days and these trials, these tribulations. That though we may go through many trials, that you are with us and you walk with us. And we are in partnership with you. And we have your word and your spirit to guide us and you've equipped us with everything we need for life and godliness. Jesus. Today is just, it's going to be about faith, I promise. I mean, it is about faith already. (laughs) Our faith in Jesus, right? But it has to be about him. And we have to shift our thinking. Because I think so many, so many times we get stuck in, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you get this. A formula we get stuck in saying, oh, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do this, I should, I should do this, I should do this. That's why this isn't happening. That's why this is happening. And we just forget. We just get busy. Things are thrown at us all day. Whether it's work or media or news or... Things are thrown at us and, and we forget that... We're just supposed to partner with him. We're supposed to have an intimate relationship with him. That that's why he sent his spirit. So we can continue to have a relationship with him. And he could teach us with his word and with his spirit. Just like he taught the disciples. That we're Christ followers. Not formula followers. And so if you leave with nothing else today, I just, I pray that you leave just with your focus shifted back on Jesus. Fully shifted back on him. Because he is what's going to sustain us. It's not a president. It's not a political party. It's not, it's nothing. (laughs) It's him. He's going to sustain us through the good times and through the hard times. And I'm not saying there's not going to be hard times. I'm just saying he's going to be there. And he is our sustainer. And we have a hope. He is the living hope. Yeah.
and He's going to sustain us and He's going to be that hope. And when we are not in this body anymore, we're going to be present with Him in the flesh. And that is something to rejoice in. That is something to look forward to. Death should not be scary. It should be something we look forward to in some ways because you get to be with Him fully with him in his presence and there's nothing else there's no more of this trash and sin and darkness <laughs> so Jesus we just shift our focus to you today we just we just zero in on what you would have to say to us And we just pray that you teach every one of us something here in your word today. By your spirit, you make it come alive. That revelation just from you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody have a tissue? <laughs> I like how everyone looked. There's like seven people who looked. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> I just, I'm a little moist. And I don't want to look like I'm, you know, a raccoon. <laughs> so, you guys, you can be dismissed. Thanks for being my back up <laughs> so today we're going to talk about uh, Jesus <laughs> and we're going to talk about faith and so in the past um, the past few weeks not well not last week and then a few weeks ago we started with faith, crazy faith. So we're going to continue on that. And crazy faith, our definition right now of crazy faith is thoughts and actions that lack reason, but trusting fully and when you can't explicitly prove, right? I know Jesus is here in the room with us because I can feel him, but I can't like prove it. I can't be like, Jesus is right there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I can't say, I can't prove it to your eyes, to your senses, but I know he's here with us and he's here living in each one of us by his spirit, right? And so we talked about last week, we talked about faith in God. It comes first. You have to have faith in God first. And we're going to continue to kind of talk about that today. He said, if you would have faith like a mustard seed, you could speak to that mountain and it would move. We also talked about turning from your sins, becoming like children, humbling ourselves and having childlike faith. Like whenever God says something, you trust that it's, it's going to happen or it happened because he said it. Just like a child would trust an adult or a parent when they say, okay, we're going to go do this or this is going to happen. They trust without wavering. 
unless you start getting in the car and you start going home and then they say, wait, 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 you promised me, (laughs) you said. And so (sighs) having childlike faith is so important to our, to our faith, because as adults, <laughs> we get so caught up in what we see and disappointments and things that we've seen happen, and we suddenly tend to not walk by faith anymore. We start walking by sight. But kids, they walk by faith. They don't see the bank account and say, oh, that's not going to happen for Christmas. I'm not getting that bike they walk by faith in that in their parent or whatever that said i'm yes you're going to get a bike for christmas or whatever they don't see that bank account and they don't worry about it because they believe they trust so we're trusting in his word and so in this is this is interesting so we talked about last week in matthew 17 let me see if i can just pull it up Matthew 17, 16 through 21. And the disciples, they were laying hands on people. They had seen them healed and whole. But a a father brought his son to them. Seventeen. Great at numbers. And he said, so I brought him, it's verse 16, so I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. (laughs) Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long should I be with you? And then he rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. And then the disciples asked Jesus privately, (laughs) nobody wants to be rebuked in public. (laughs) Why couldn't we cast it out? And so Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And so, and then the last verse is, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So they had unbelief, but they also, um, they also were doing, doing something wrong. They, they were uh, trying to do something, I think, by a formula, <laughs> by what they had already seen the Lord do in a certain way. And he said, uh, you were in unbelief, but also you didn't, you're just doing what you've seen me do already. It's, and, and I don't work the same way every time. I'm not a formula. We're relational. And so today we're going to talk about, we're just, we're shifting our faith faith today, and I know that sounds crazy. Um, and I, I'm walking through this journey too because um, we all need faith. Because uh, let me find the scripture. <laughs> I'll prove it to you. <laughs> Hebrews ten thirty eight, and says, "Now the just shall live by faith." Are we the just? So we have to live by faith. He didn't say they might. He said they shall. He didn't say they have an option. He says they shall. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And that reminds me of another scripture. Faith pleases God. 
And so we have to live by faith. We must live by faith. And so how do you know if you're really moving in faith? Well, I don't know that you can really ever know (laughs) if you're moving in faith, because if you knew, I don't think it would be faith. (laughs) If you could figure it out, it wouldn't be faith. Faith begins where understanding ends. Faith begins where understanding ends. My understanding of certain things, I have to trust the Lord. That's where faith comes in. There's stuff in this Bible. That's a big one today. You know, lift weights. (laughs) But there's stuff in here that I'm like, what? I don't understand that. But that's where faith comes in. I know, this is, this is what I always say about people, so it has to apply to, I mean, it doesn't have to, but you can judge for yourself. I think it applies to the Lord, too. You have to know somebody's heart or their character. And if you know the Lord's heart, you know that, ooh, well, that doesn't sound quite right. Let me, fig- let me find out. Let me ask some questions. Let me ask you, Lord, to show me, reveal to me. So walking, moving in faith, walking in faith, understanding his character and his goodness and his heart. And then you're going to be able to say, okay, I I don't understand, but I'm going to have faith in you and who you are. And that will be, we'll be able to move forward and move forward in faith, right? And so if you're not walking in faith and you're saved and you're justified, we're, we're righteousness of God in Christ by grace through faith, right? We talked about grace last, a couple months ago. So if we're not walking in faith, We're living in an area of existence rather than an area of authority. And so we're supposed to be having authority over things in our life. Like Jesus didn't say, wait for me. He sent out disciples and he gave them authority. And that's not, it's the same for you and I. He didn't just do that just while he was on earth. That wouldn't make sense. He has a plan and good works and purposes for us, right? And that's to, to spread the good news of the gospel. And with the gospel comes so many other things, right? It's all good, good news for people. But if you're not walking in faith, you're not, you're living in an area of just existing. You just, you've gotten saved, you're going to heaven, but there's, there's, you're not, there's nothing else right now for you. You're not doing anything else with your faith. You're just existing till you die, go to heaven. And God planned good works for us. And he planned a good future for us. And it's not a, just a good, cute, white picket, comfortable fence future. <laughs> comfortable fence. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a future of good works and a partnership with him and intimacy with him. And so I think that because uh, we're Americans, we have this American white picket fence dream. <laughs> I think that the Chinese underground church just have a dream to own a Bible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have this dream that we're going to have, you know, a four bedroom house and two dogs and three children, just the perfect number of children, two or three, not too many, not too little. And we're going to have the perfect job and enough money and vacations every year. And we'll go to church on Sundays and, and that's it until we die. And then we go to heaven and we, we're, we have our wings and we're angels and stuff. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying people, <laughs> we have, God has a purpose for things. And so 
we're not just going to go to angel, uh, go to angel, go to heaven and be little, little cute angels like Cupid. You know, we're going to have a purpose. He didn't make us just to be a, uh, a puppet master, obviously, because he gave us free will. And so he made us with a purpose and he wants to be family. And he brought us back into his family when we wandered off <laughs> like he knew we would do, but he had to give us free will or it wouldn't be real love, real choosing, right? If somebody's, oh, I, this is me and Andrew. We do this all the time. Well, not all the time. I'm not going to say all the time. That's not true. But <laughs> this happens a lot where Andrew, I say, well, can you do this? And he's like, yeah, sure. Or I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes because <laughs> it's funny if you, if, you, <laughs> if you hear exactly how it goes. Um, it happens like me saying, okay, well, can we do this? And he says, yeah, sure. And then it somehow doesn't happen. And I say, well, can we do this? And he's like, yeah. And then I'm finally like, you just don't want to do this, do you? And he's like, well, not really. I'm like, but I really want to do it. Fine, we'll do it, you know. But you don't, that's not what we want as like wives or even, you know, we don't want somebody to begrudgingly do something or be forced to do something. You know, we want you to do something. Sorry, babe. (laughs) We want you to want to do it. So like, I'm like, ooh, let's go get coffee. Let's do this. He's like, I want you to want to spend time with me. And I know that the Lord feels the same way. He's not ever going to force you. And he doesn't want you to do it out of habit or um, duty. What's the other word? Routine, maybe. (laughs) That's what I was trying to think of another word. Obligation, like, oh, I have to do this because I, you know, we're just, we're, that's just what we do. Like, we're Christians. I have to do that. That's what I'm supposed to do. He doesn't want that. He wants your heart. He wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants to know you more and he wants to have a partnership with you where he can talk to you and that. He can say, hey, I've planned this good work for you. And you can say, yeah, let's go do it. (laughs) Right? Not like, oh, I don't want to do that. Are you really going to make me do that? Like there... But there has to be this foundation of trust and faith in him and his word and his spirit and his son. It has to be a foundation, right? Because otherwise you're going to be like, oh, you're going to make me go do that. You're going to make me do that. That's what you want me to do? And so many people get scared of what God might make them do, and he's never going to make you do anything. But what they're so scared about what God might ask them to do that they run away altogether, and they just live in that area of existence. (laughs) And so we can't be scared of what God might ask us to do. We have to keep moving forward. We have to keep building that, that foundation of trust. Ooh, this reminds me of something else. Jessica Tate came here a while back, like last year. She spit some real good fire. And I think I have something in here from it because it was so good. Just a second. <laughs> like my, my notebook here. But she's just talking about foundation of trust. Like, can I trust you? Oh, here it is. I found it. I don't ask the Lord if he's faithful every day. I'm not like, Lord, are you faithful to me today? You know that he is, or, or you're working it out because you have some earthly, <laughs> earthly people who 
who disappointed you, right? But you don't ask the Lord, are you faithful? Are you faithful? He is faithful. You know he's faithful. This word says he's faithful. He changes not. But the question you should ask yourself is, were you trustworthy to him today? And so it's such a, it's such a partnership. Like, is he able to trust me with things? And that's such a huge question. I think sometimes we, we think of God so, such as like a, not a genie, but you know, like, oh, he's there and I'm here and I'm doing my thing and he's doing his thing. <laughs> when we come together on Sundays and we hang out. <laughs> but God is asking you to be trustworthy and to not only have faith in him, but like faith in who he called you to be. So that he can trust you and entrust you with tasks, with talking to your neighbor about Christ, with sharing the good news of the gospel with them, for praying for people. I'm not saying the Lord is going to ask you to do this all at once or all right now. You have to build a foundation. I probably have shared this before, but I remember a couple years ago, whenever I was working on (laughs) uh, trying to be more obedient or like, listening more and I really am still I feel like I'm terrible at it but we're we're still working we're moving forward right but I remember thinking okay Lord like I think that I I did that thing I just talked about where you don't ask him because you're too scared to ask him because you're not sure what he's going to ask you to do and that's scary right (laughs) and so I asked I, I was like Lord I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that I I haven't listened to you I haven't been obedient I've, I've just been ignoring you you know like I haven't asked you because I've been scared so I have a podcast in my headphones and I'm at HEB and I go inside and I'm listening to something like about I don't even know it's a Christian podcast and and so, you know, when you have a podcast in or, or headphone, but you can kind of hear other people or, you know, you, you know, so this guy, he comes up to me, this is not last year, so no masks, but he comes up to me and he says like, Hey, he just starts talking. And I was like, uh-huh. Do you, can I help you? <laughs> and he was older. And so he was like, oh yeah. What about this salad over here? And he starts talking about the salad and I was like, uh, well, are you looking, you know, I'm trying to help him. I'm like, I'm not sure what you need, sir. But, and he's, so then somehow he starts talking about, uh, how he's got a, his leg is messed up and his hip is messed up and his eye is messed up and he's got this. And I was like, I'm, I mean, the Lord are having a conversation right now and I'm starting to shake, right? I'm like, like, you know, not, maybe he couldn't see me, but I could feel it. I was like, uh, I'm like, Lord, you want me to pray for him, huh? <laughs> Because not only did he, I tried to put my headphone in again, and then he went back and he said, he started talking to me again. I was like, okay, I don't know what this man wants. So then he started talking about all his stuff. So I was like, this must be you, Lord, because I just said in the parking lot, like, I need to be more obedient and listen to you, right? (laughs) And so... So I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to ask him. I just told the Lord, so I got to do it now. Like, there's no choice here. And so I'm like shaking. And I'm like, well, the Lord wants you to be healed, sir. So would you like me to pray with you? I'm just like shaking, you know. And he's like, no. I said, said, Lord, I was just so, I was kind of 
frustrated at that point. I was like, Lord, you, you knew he was going to say no. So why, why? So I said, all right, I'm going to try again. I said, are you sure, sir, that you, because he went on and on. Oh, no, I don't, no, you don't need to do that. And he went on and on about how he needed this and that, and he had this problem. And I was like, and I said, sir, really, the Lord wants to heal you. He will heal you. You can be healed today. Like, I was like, <laughs> one of those preachers on TV, I guess. I don't know. And he said, no, that, no, I don't want that. No, I don't, I don't want that today. I was like, so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll be praying for you. Like, all right, bye. Like, <laughs> put my headphone in. I was so frustrated, you guys. <laughs> I said, the Lord, you knew he was going to say no. And you made me all nervous and shaky. You, had, you, you knew he was going to come up to me and talk to me about all his issues. But I just think, see, like things like that, that's like building a foundation with the Lord. He wants to know if you're trustworthy <laughs> to do what you just said in the parking lot you were going to do. <laughs> and so <laughs> he didn't, he, that day he, he didn't ask me to pray for that man. I mean, he asked me to ask that man for prayer, basically. But I didn't have to pray for him. He said, no, I can pray for him away. I'm not going to force my hands upon this man and pray for him, you know. And so I think sometimes we just get so nervous that the Lord is going to ask us to jump to, uh, you know, evangelist such and such, like, position. <laughs> when you're still in this position of just building trust with the Lord. <laughs> And so I just, I just find that so funny because we, we've got to stop being nervous and scared to be obedient because obedience brings the blessing. And everyone wants that blessing, right? People be talking about, I'm getting blessed today. Well, are you being obedient today? It's <laughs> a question. Because obedience brings the blessing, and obedience is walking in his will, his perfect will, and just having that partnership and intimacy with him. And that's where I feel like comes that peace and that joy and that terrifying, nervous feeling, but also just these good, great feelings. Like the Lord is just so good, and he's, he's exciting to live with and have partnership with because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's a good thing. And so faith is never going to be sure at the beginning. It's never going to be sure, and you're never going to be sure at the beginning. And you can't put faith into action if you have to understand it all before you put it into practice. I didn't, understand, I didn't know that that guy was going to say no. If I did, that would have been easy to ask him, right? <laughs> so it's, it's a faith walk. You have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. If I hadn't asked him, I would never know that that was like, I would have just said, oh, I'm a failure. I didn't do it. He could have gotten healed. Like, I could have put that all on myself. But instead, you just keep, you just walk. You just take one foot, put it in front of the other. That's, that's how babies learn to walk, right? You learn how to stand first. Then you put one foot in front of the other. You got to praise him along the way. That's how McKenna learned to walk. That's just clever, sorry. <laughs> well, we talked about, we're going we're gonna to talk about two ways you can get faith. <laughs> and last week we talked about one of them, and that's, this is a big one. Romans ten seventeen is faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
There we go. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so did any of you guys complete your week with 15 minutes a day reading your Bible? It's okay if you didn't complete it. Did you try? Did you do it? Yeah, you tried? Okay, I see you, I see you. <laughs> it's okay. It's just one foot in front of the other. There's no shame if, like, you, you missed it or you only got 10 minutes or you forgot or something happened. There's no shame. There's no condemnation in Christ, right? You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So this week, we're going to try again. We're going to try 15 minutes again, okay? <laughs> 15 minutes every day in the Word, knowing what it says for yourself, right? And then in Hebrews 12, that's a coffee, uh, a coffee chapter, right? <laughs> that's a joke, y'all. <laughs> that's how we know God likes coffee, Hebrews. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I mean, he made it though, right? So... <laughs> So therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for who the joy... Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God? Because he said, it's finished, right? He finished. (laughs) And so looking unto Jesus, that's how we also build faith. We look unto him. We have to to read this word. We can't just be like, Jesus, you know. (laughs) We have to read the word. We have to know what he's saying, what he has said already, what the Lord said. He didn't just say all this stuff. (laughs) Y'all ever get a text message that's real long and you just skim it? (laughs) <laughs> or don't even read it. You'd be like, oh, that's long. I'm just going to read that later. <laughs> the Lord <laughs> wants you to read this, even though it's long. <laughs> it's important to your lives, and it's still relevant, which is incredible. It was written a long time ago. How is it still relevant? Ooh, it's living. It's the living word of God. <laughs> and so this is not just a text message to be skimmed, okay? <laughs> A long one, the one that has the little thing and you have to click it and it becomes a big one. No, (laughs) this is important (laughs) and we have to keep diving in. So 15 minutes a day, but I also want you guys to build your face by face, face, faith by looking at Jesus and focusing on Jesus. (laughs) And so even if you, even if you turn on some worship music this week that has to do with Jesus, Worthy is your name, worthy of it all. What a beautiful name. (laughs) There's none like you. There's a lot of songs. We can help you. We'll make a list. We'll make a list. (laughs) There you go. Task number one. (laughs) Uh, And so we we can listen to worship and focus on Jesus. We can pray just like we did at the beginning and just worship him and exalt him. We can read more about him, like look up scriptures about Jesus. Uh, We can pair all three of those together. But I just want you guys to spend some time. I'm not going to give you a limit or a minimum or a maximum, but spend a little bit of time, even if it's just one song, just focusing your heart on Jesus. Because Jesus is, he's it. (laughs) 
We're going to keep going. I'm taking too long. <laughs> Faith is not found. This is important. I actually have a, a better point. It has a number one. It's, it's basically the same thing, though. Faith can never rest upon an outcome. It has to rest upon Jesus. And another way to say that is faith is not found in what you're believing for, but who you're believing in. And Jesus, he's the author, he starts it, and he's the finisher of our faith. So it's all about Jesus. Faith is all about Jesus. So this is a shift, right? Because a lot of times we think faith is a formula, and faith is you got to do this to have faith, and you got to do this to have faith. But faith in Jesus and focusing on Jesus and having that radical obedience and having that walking with him, living by faith, Walking by faith and not by sight. And faith, (laughs) hold on, I'm going to go back because I I skipped some stuff. (laughs) God is working all things together for my good. So I can walk by faith knowing that he is going to work all things together for my good. Whether or not the outcome is what I wanted or not. And so when we get disappointed, like we talked about last week, in in our faith, and like when I decided, oh, I'm not going to have faith through that because I might get disappointed, my faith was in the wrong thing. My faith was in the outcome instead of in Jesus. And so when we have those moments where we have faith in something and not in Jesus, then we, sometimes we feel like it's a loss, right? <laughs> like, oh, we lost. We didn't do it right. I remember being, I honestly remember being 15, and I worked at a camp, a summer camp, and I remember I was getting sick, and I was like, well, psh, I'm a faith girl. <laughs> and so the Lord, by his stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And I remember praying and believing and trying my best <laughs> to believe God for my healing, and I still got sick. And I was mad. I was mad. I was mad. I was mad. I remember just sitting back there or or crying, or I don't even know. I was probably crying. That's probably me. I don't get mad as much. I cry mad. (laughs) I was mad. Like, it didn't work for me. What did I do wrong? It was all me. I did something wrong. But what if the Lord was like, hey, you really just needed to rest? You wanted something because you wanted it. (laughs) I'm not saying the Lord put sickness on me. That's not what I'm trying to say. He absolutely did not put sickness on me. But I'm saying I would not have gone home to rest. (laughs) And my mom wanted me to come home to rest, right? (laughs) I even tried to stay there (laughs) with walking pneumonia. (laughs) Idiot. But I just, I blamed myself for not doing it right. I didn't do it right. I didn't have enough faith. But was I putting my faith in the outcome? Or was I putting my faith in Jesus who took the stripes on his back for me? So what was my focus on? Was my focus on, oh, I just need to get well so I can stay here and be here because that's what I want to do? Or is it, was it Jesus <laughs> who took those stripes on, my, on his back for me? And it's already done.
And so a loss is not really a loss because the Lord's working all things for our good. It turns into a lesson, right? <laughs> so he can use everything. Even if the devil means it for, for evil, he can turn it into good. I like how the Lord does that. It means nothing's ever wasted. Nothing's ever wasted. So when you were like, oh, this happened, this happened, if you didn't learn anything out of that, that was on you. Because the Lord, he uses those things and he turns those things around. I know that we've been trying to build a house for 12 years, it feels like. Not really, a couple years. I've been trying and trying and trying. It doesn't seem to work. We can't seem to figure out. But then my dad found Becky, or Becky found my dad. She was listening to the, to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so if we had built a house already, would there be enough room for Becky to live? Probably not. She said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> we will find somewhere else or build another house. <laughs> and so the Lord, he takes what we think is like, why isn't it working? My faith isn't working. This is not working. You promised me, Lord, like... And, and we're believing, and sometimes our belief is like in the outcome instead of, so we have to keep that faith and that focus on Jesus because he knows. He sees that big picture. So he's looking down and he sees the big picture. And we're like in that little maze, you know, you're like, ah, dead end. Ah, like. <laughs> and so we have to keep remembering that our focus has to stay on Jesus and our faith has to stay on Jesus because he knows. He knows that my dad's going to find Becky and she's, that's not going to be enough room for Becky. So we need to figure out he he's helping us so whenever whenever you're i this is a this is a sad thing but it comes to mind when the lord made people some people late for work at the twin towers and they were spared they were probably mad as heck that they missed the train or this happened or this happened but the lord his mercy and his grace is doing all that it can to save and spare people and help them in their life. He's working all things together for our good. And so it's so important that we have to keep our focus on Jesus and not, ooh, just that thing, just that thing that we're trying to believe for, right? So I, I know that you all have things that you're believing for, and that's not bad. But as a f- we have to keep our focus and our faith in Jesus Christ, and so salvation is just the starting line for our Christian faith. And if we, and, and dealing with sin or, or is this sin or is this not, or how am I going to deal with it? That's just the first part. And a lot of times we get stuck here when the promises of God is over there. We have to focus our faith on Jesus and we've got to keep walking, right? We just get stuck sometimes, stuck. Oh, I didn't do this. Oh, I did do this. Oh, I did do this. And that's not grace. We talked about that. That's what the law did. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. Oh, you did that right. Oh, you did this wrong. Oh, you did this wrong. And that's not Jesus. <laughs> that's us. <laughs> that's the, the enemy coming against us and condemning us with the law. <laughs> and we're not under the law. We're under grace. And so our faith can never rest upon an outcome. It has to rest on Jesus. And so Proverbs 19.21 says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. 
And so that, I, I feel like that even means you might make plans that are absolutely not the Lord's will, but he's going to find another way to do them as well. That's my other interpretation. <laughs> so be obedient. That's my, that's my side thought. Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So we can plan and we can start walking. He didn't say, wait until you have the whole, my whole plan and then start walking. He said, it says man's heart plans his way, but then the Lord directs his steps. So you got to start walking, right? If you're not walking, he can't direct your steps, right? If you're just standing like this, Lord's like, okay, I'm directing your steps, but you're not stepping anywhere. Come on. Come on. <laughs> God's flicking you off the cliff. No, he does not do that. He does not flick you off a cliff. <laughs> you have to walk and he directs your steps, right? And so he's going to show you. Okay, let's go to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, Abraham, father of faith. He helped us with faith a lot, y'all. <laughs> He didn't have Jesus, and he had faith. He is something else. He took his kid on a mountain because Jesus, because God told him to, and had a knife in the air, and he was still saying, "I'm coming down with with him. We're coming down together." That's faith. <laughs> and so the Lord had said to Abram, "Get out of your country, f- away from your family, and from your father's house." To a land that I will show you. He didn't say to a land that I have shown you. He didn't say to the land that you previously saw when we took a tour. He said to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that's, that's a big, that's big. <laughs> because if he didn't obey God here, all the families of the earth, they weren't getting blessed. The Lord's going to find another way. <laughs> But that's a big thing to hinge upon. He's like, hey, you do this, and I'm going to bless the families of the earth, your families. So he says, I'm going to show you. I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Those are not, um, those are not past tense. I will is future. I'm going to. I will call you later. That's later. That's not right now. It's not, I am calling you now. It's not, I have called you. I will. <laughs> and so he, ha- he doesn't know anything. He's leaving his father's house. The father, the, the um, provision and the, the protection of his father's house. And he's leaving and he's going and he lives in tents. He's flexible. <laughs> he's able to move when God says move. He doesn't say, let me stop and make a town and this is where I shall stay. <laughs> Because I would like to have a quiet life for my wife and children that they didn't have yet, but God promised them. <laughs> Serving God and being in faith is uncomfortable. I'm sorry to tell you that. <laughs> It's not a popular thing, right? We want to think that serving God and, and, and living for him is going to be easy. It's going to make all our problems go away. We're never going to have trials or tribulations. 
we're going to have all the money, we're going to have, and, and I'm not saying he's not going to provide. I'm just saying that it's not going to be easy. Faith is not, oh, it's not comfortable. And so faith, we're going to go back. Faith is moving. Faith is an action. And it's easier to move something that's in motion, right? So if um, I was trying to move Macy and he's standing right here, me trying to pick him up and move him, that will be way harder than him walking. And I say, okay, now we're going to go this way, right? (laughs) Sure, come on. Look, he's so willing. Look at this nice guy. Look how nice he looks today, everybody. (laughs) I can't pick you up, Macy. I can't even do it. You want to try? (laughs) Nope. So if you start walking, start walking. Just walk however you want. And I say, If that's so much easier than God trying to pick us up or make us move, and he's not going to do that anyway. But if we're in motion, it's so much easier to direct us, right, and help us. <laughs> Instead of like, here, here, this is what we often do. Here we are. Ah, this thing, this trial's in our way, and we stop, right? We're like, oh, no, I'm just going to tarry, which is not always bad. I'm not saying it's always bad. Sometimes it's, you have to be still, Right? But instead, God can, hey, I'm going to direct you through that situation, through that trial, through that problem. You're going to have faith in me, in Jesus Christ, because I've already walked there. I've walked your shoes. I'm your creator. (laughs) I know you. I see the plan. I will direct your steps. And so sometimes we want to... I'm going to pick on my friend, but I won't tell you who she is. (laughs) So I have a friend... (laughs) And when she goes to the hospital, she wants them to just fix her. But that's not what hospitals do. <laughs> they send you with a prescription, or they give you a, a small fix, and then send you with a prescription, or send you with a follow-up, or send you with, to another doctor. And so we're waiting sometimes for just God to move us and fix us and do these things. But we have a responsibility to start moving and to listen and to have faith and do that walk by faith. It's good, guys. So first, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, just so you can have this scripture, is for we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we walk by sight, we'll be getting nowhere. Because we don't have the wisdom that the Lord has. We don't see the whole plan. He's going to reveal it to you. He said, I will show you. But if he showed us the whole plan, wouldn't y'all be like, ooh, how's that going to work, though, Lord? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, so if you get into a car with somebody, okay, so say somebody just comes, picks you up. Somebody you know, somebody you trust. But you get in the car, you're like, okay, where are we going? First of all, you have to actually, they have to get you to the car. You're like, hey, we're going somewhere. They're like, well, where are we going? We'll just come get in the car. Okay, but where are we going? So you, finally, you're like, all right, I'll get in the car. So you get in the car. Then you're like, where are we going? What are we doing? When will we get there? When will, we be, when will I be back? <laughs> and the Lord is just saying, like, walk with me. Trust me. <laughs> I'm going to direct your path. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to be your guide. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. And so... <laughs> 
this reminds me of something else. I keep getting reminded of something. Y'all ever seen those movies or those shows where the guy's driving and all the things come in the way and then he doesn't even see those things and it just like goes up and he's fine and he like drives through like, y'all know what I'm talking about? Carrie knows what I'm talking about. You know, like there's like construction, but it ends up being like you can drive on it and then you like go down and y'all know what I'm talking about? Never mind. I'll find it later. I'll post it online so you can look at it. It's hilarious. But I feel like that's what we do. With the Lord's like, hey, I got this. But we're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> All right, so let's go to Matthew 8, 1 through 3. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really going to try to finish right now in a minute. <laughs> I like, you like how I said right now in a minute? It's like when I take pictures. I, I do photography, and I'm like, oh, one more picture. And Andrew's like, that's like 12 more. Nope, that's 20. It's 50. How many more are you going to do? You said one more. I'm like, yeah. Sorry, guys. Not sorry. Okay, so this is Jesus. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came. Lepers are very sick people. And worshipped him, saying, and they weren't even supposed to be near people. That was like a no-no. Leper came and worshipped him and saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And so a lot of the time, a lot of the time, so first we have to have faith in God, right? So we have to know, is he able, right? We have to have faith in him. Is he able? Is he able? I don't hear you. Is he able? Do you really believe that? Okay, he's able. Okay, but then this guy, this leper, he's asking, Lord, if you're willing, are you willing are you willing to cleanse me? And Jesus said, I'm willing. So that just, to me, that just sealed the deal. Absolutely sealed the deal. He had stripes. This is before he had stripes on his back. He's willing and he did it. <laughs> and so he said, I'm willing. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And then in Matthew, hold on, let me go back. Let's go to, let's go to Mark eight twenty two. So then he said, and then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. They begged him to touch him. Isn't that weird? You wouldn't normally like think about that, that story, but in correlation with the other story, he touched him and he was healed. So they bring him, they bring him this guy. They brought him a blind man and said, Hey Lord, touch him, touch him, touch him, touch him. If you touch him, he's they're gonna, he's going to be healed. He's going to be healed. Like, that's good. And that's like, you know, passion. They're like, yes, yes, we've seen you do it. You can do it again. <laughs> and so he did. He took the blind man by the hand. He touched him. Nothing happened yet. And he led him out of town. And when he'd spit on his eyes, weird thing, but it's fine. It's Jesus. It's Jesus, you can spit on my eyes anytime. He, <laughs> he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him. He asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. And then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. But the thing I want to highlight here is they begged him to touch him because they'd already seen him. They said he touched the leper and he was made whole. And sometimes we get pinned. We get pinned down to that formula. Oh, you touched him. We did it like this, so we need to do it like that again. But that's not a walk by faith. That's a do a formula by faith. And that's not what he asked us to do. He didn't ask us, hey, do exactly these things, these steps, and then you're gonna, it's going to be good. It's gonna, the, the, people are going to get healed and stuff. It's a relational walk with the Lord. 
And that takes work. And I'm sorry to tell you, relationships are hard. They take work. They take sacrifice. (laughs) They take time to cultivate. They take building trust. Sometimes people break your trust. The Lord won't do that. But I'm saying it's a relational walk with him. But sometimes we want to skip, skip, skip. We're this generation of microwaves. And that's what Jessica Tate says. We're a microwave generation with a crockpot God. <laughs> and we just want to hurry it up. We want to hurry it up. Just, Lord, touch him. Touch him. Let him be healed. But the Lord said, no, let's have a relationship. I'm going to take you out of town. We're going to have this face-to-face without anyone else around. <laughs> and he wants that relationship with you. He wants that, that time with you. But he's not going to force it. But this is how you build your faith. You look at Jesus. You see things in his word. You talk to him. You build that foundation of faith. <laughs> faith has to be our foundation. And so the questions here are, is he able? Is he willing? That one's a harder one, right? Because, yeah, we know, he's, he, we know because of the word he's, he's willing because, for, you know, for healing for sure and for some other things because he promises them in his word that he's already done it and he's going to do things for us. But sometimes I think that we think just like, oh, it's, it's not going to, I don't deserve that. Or does he really want me to have that? Or does he really? But instead, it's a walk by faith. (laughs) It's a relational thing. And I think so many times we get stuck. But, you know, there's many times, several times in in, uh, Acts when they said they started to go to a town and the spirit stopped them. He said no. But they started to go. They were still moving. They were like, we're walking. (laughs) We're walking by faith. We're moving. But the Spirit said, no, I want you to do this instead. Or I want you to go here instead. So it's a relational thing. Being aware of Him. And not just figuring out a formula and replicating it. That's not a relationship. And that, I know that sounds, it's harder. I know it's harder. But it's so much more fulfilling. It's, it's a relationship with your creator, with the one true God, with your savior who died on the cross for you, who's your friend, who's your brother. It's incredible. If you let it be, he's just waiting And so the other question is, how does he do it? <laughs> That's what we always want to know. How is he going to do it? How does he do it? So these people, they said, <laughs> touch him, touch him, touch him. Because they saw him do it like that before. Like, That's how he does it. That's how he does it. He just touches them. I was at a meeting. I saw him. He touched them, and it happened. <laughs> like, you know? And so when it doesn't happen like that, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> but he touched them. 
and he got healed. But there's so many other ways he did it. He didn't do it based on a formula. He did it. He said, everything I do, I hear from the Father. He had a relationship with the Father. So we have to cultivate that too, and it has to be a relational walk by faith. And this is what's challenging me here today. Those are all, I mean, those challenge me as well, but how does he do it? We don't always know how he's going to do it, and it has to, t- it has to be that walk by faith, that, that relational thing. And so in Matthew, Matthew 5 to 10, 8, 5 through 10, I'm sorry, is another instance where Jesus is healing someone. But he said, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I, I'm gonna, I will come and heal him. Like, he said, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For all, I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He didn't expect Jesus to do a formula. Oh. I mean, how many of us would be like, Jesus said, I'm going to come. He's like, all right, let's go. I know the quickest route. Let's go. <laughs> but he said, no, 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 no. I know you're the healer. You can do it any way you want, <laughs> especially this. I have authority. You have authority. He recognized that. And it was that relation, that relational thing. And his honor and respect for him, too. And he recognized the authority that Jesus carried. And he said, I have not found such great faith. And so it doesn't come in a formula. It doesn't come how you think it's going to come. It comes with a relationship and knowing him and recognizing who he is and focusing on who he is. And we can't depend on a formula. Is our our faith in an outcome or is it in Jesus? And why do we have a question mark if he's able and if he's willing and if he's powerful and able enough and then he's also willing? Why do we have a question mark? Why are we still uncertain? I think it's really a mind shift. I think we've let religion kind of take over. We've got to focus on the person of Jesus Honestly, I'm, I'm going to say this with hesitancy, but I want to be honest that I'm not sure faith is even a muscle anymore. Because I just feel like I feel like you might could get I feel like faith is a principle. I know faith is a principle in our, in our world. And so I, I think that you could, you could get things by building faith as a muscle and, and you know, speaking the word and doing stuff. But I, I know that there's a, it's almost like there's a better way. <sighs> Just reflecting on Jesus. And why is there a question mark in my heart when it, retur- when it concerns what I'm believing God for? So whether it's healing, why is there a question mark there? 
why is there a question mark when it comes to is he willing or how is he going to do it? Our faith is is wonderful. It's more precious than gold, 1 Peter 1. These, I'm going to go to 1, 6. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you may must, you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day Jesus Christ is revealed. So your faith, it's much more precious than gold. And we're going to go through these trials. We're going to go through these things. <laughs> I mean, we're going through trials now just with our faith. This whole year, 2020, has been a trial of our faith, has tested our faith, has made us have questions, doubts, concerns. Where's our faith at? What are we doing with our faith? But I believe that if we continue to look at Jesus and to rest in him and to be guided by his Holy Spirit, he's going to direct your steps. You're not going to have fear. You're not going to have worry. And when you have doubt, you're just going to keep walking because you trust him ultimately. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. I really don't, but I trust him. But I trust him. I, I, doubt tries to come into your mind. No, I trust him. I trust what he said to me. I trust who he is. I trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do or what he said he did. So is your faith in outcomes or is it in Jesus? He's already paid for your healing. Isaiah 53. He's paid for your healing. It's paid for. Is he able to? Yes, he already did it. Is he willing? Yes, he's willing. So how is he going to do it? You got to reflect on him. You got to look at the person of Jesus you got to believe these scriptures and you got to confess them to build your faith up because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And some of these things are really hard to wrap your mind around, wrap your, it's hard. Can we live without the effects of the fall? <laughs> I mean, I believe there's some preachers who live just walking in glory. Incredible things happen to them. And I feel like their face was in Jesus' face all the time. They had that partnership that was so close, like this. <laughs> We've been crucified with Christ crucified, buried, resurrected with Christ. So all those things, they're, 
those are ours. Man, he's got all you need. And it's not a formula, it's in him. So I want our prayer team to come up today. I know that we're really late, so if you've got to go, I understand. But I know that he is here in our midst right now, and he's walking, (laughs) partnering with us. So if our prayer team comes up, if you guys need anything from the Lord, with our focus remaining on Jesus Christ, we're just going to believe God with you for those things that they were going to come to pass because he's able, he's willing. (laughs) We don't know how he's going to do it all the time, (laughs) but we know he's going to do it and we're going to listen for that and we're going to have that relationship. Why don't you guys stand up and we'll sing a song and then you guys can be dismissed, but come to the altar if you need. Stay at the altar as long as you need. Jesus, he's worthy of our time. And like I said, it's a sacrifice, but it's worth it. And you're going to start your week off way better if you do that.
Well, as you go today, just keep your focus on Jesus. Right, Kenna? Jesus. Yeah. And we are just so expectant to hear testimonies of just your crazy faith, which we've got a few already come in and it's incredible just what the Lord is doing already the first 10 days of this year and we just we thank him for all that he's doing this year is going to be full of him if nothing else (laughs) full of trials and tribulations but it's going to be full of him it's going to be incredible so you guys go have a great week we're always here if you need us so go love God love people and lead well